Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business. Blackfoot, connect to more. It's Wednesday, and it's 5 o'clock, and so that means it's time for the ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls. Hey, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, check it out on the podcast, the Two Tell Nuanas podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's available all the time, thanks to our friends at Blackfoot Communications. Uh, if you would like to call, 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, and if you would like to listen live on the World Wide Web, well... That is a possibility for you as well. You jump into the stream at 1029ESPN.com. It is there thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, anybody who's been around Western Montana, University of Montana, anytime over the last about 10 years, pretty hard to uh, not know who Will Cherry is. But Will Cherry, uh, absolutely one of the great basketball players to traffic through the University of Montana, uh, is still playing professionally, has had an, a hugely successful professional career, primarily overseas, did, however, play in the NBA. And if you're going to play in the NBA, well, you might as well play with LeBron James. Am I right about that? And so he uh, uh, was on a 10-day contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, and, in fact, uh, played for the Cavs uh, for, for that space of time and has since uh, been uh, overseas and variously number of championships which you'll hear all about but Will Cherry one of not just the great players but one of the most fun people just to talk to that you could ever come across and I think people are going to uh, enjoy this roundtable immensely 
the University of Montana has had so many memorable characters as players and guys that have been fan favorites. And the Grizz faithful love um, having that fan favorite type of guy. Yeah. And even with all the great players that Travis DeCure has brought in over the last several years, guys with accomplished in terms of statistics and winning as much, if not more, than Will Cherry. I mean, Will Cherry went to the NCAA tournament three times in four seasons. That's the best run by any individual Grizz guy and his respective or his class, team. Yeah. But you know, Mod Roy, Michael Gene, they scored more points than Will Cherry. And but Will Cherry, the two time defensive player of the year. Here nor there, though, what I'm getting at is that when someone is that has the star power that Will Cherry has, there's no way to explain it, but it's always undeniable. Mm-hmm. I would say he's the most popular Grizz of the 21st century. I think that he is the guy that people loved the most. And I think so much of it's because of his charisma, his passion that he plays with, and just the way he wore his heart on his sleeve. I mean, you could tell his personality shone through when he played. And yeah. I think that's what's made him such a coveted player overseas as well. He's a big star overseas, and uh, he's made a good living, and he's had a couple different stints in the G League uh, back abroad as well. But he's had a fascinating career. He's a fascinating guy. And I think the, probably the best part about Will is that he still has tremendous pride in where he came from, both Oakland, where he grew up, and the University of Montana, where he, he blossomed into the player, uh, at least the beginnings of the player that he is today. Well, if you've wonder what the life track and path has been for Will Cherry, wonder no more. Enjoy our ESPN Roundtable with Will Cherry. Well, welcome to the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And we are very happy to be joined by uh, one of the great University of Montana men's basketball players, a three-time all-conference player, a two-time Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year, and who's played professionally for years since graduating the University of Montana in 2013 and uh, even uh, played in the NBA for a uh, for a little while as well. Will Cherry joining us. Will, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you for having me, man. I'm great, man. I couldn't be better. Well, we're very happy to have you. we got so much to cover here uh, with you because your career has been uh, a long and impressive one and continues on. Listen, I know for any basketball player, especially you know from the United States, the NBA is the, is the pinnacle, right? And you made it there for a brief time, and that was great. But you've also had the opportunity to play all over the world. I mean, Lithuania, Germany, Turkey, Italy, Greece, and on and on. That, to me, sounds so great. What has your experience been like of playing, you know, year to year, a couple years here, another year there, around the world in all of these great countries uh, uh, in, in Europe? Oh, man, it, it's been great, man. It, it's, it's a lot of uh, different experiences, um, some good, um, some bad, you know, um, but it's all an experience. You know, um, I was always a guy, um, even if I did stick in the NBA like I wanted to, that I was going to, uh, you know, take uh, European trips all the time. So um, when you couple that in now with the fact that I'm getting played to play in these, these different these different countries, it's just it's just a uh, something that's just really great. And it's just you kill two birds on one stone. And so whenever I'm getting those chances, you know, to get off breaks and stuff like that, I go explore the cities, different countries that I I've read about. Or I've always been wanted to wanted to uh, visit. Um, and then I'm also playing basketball, so um, I couldn't really ask um, for a better life than that. When you graduated from the University of Montana, had you ever been abroad before you then made a career of, of basically playing abroad? No, no, <laughs> I had never, I had never been 
abroad, man. Um, of course so he had. I he came to Montana. <laughs> <laughs> That's a foreign country in itself, right? Yeah, Montana was very, very foreign to a city boy like myself, man. <laughs> very foreign. But I, I would, I would say this, Missoula, Missoula made it uh, a lot better because it was more of a college city, um, a college town where as in the Cats, man, Boo, Bozeman, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, man. So um, I was glad I went to Missoula. <laughs> What's your favorite country that you've played in? Not necessarily the team or whatever, but just in terms of a city or a setting. Where where have you loved to be? Um, to me, it, there's a there's a plethora of them, but I, to me, hands down, I would have to say Berlin, Germany, because I lived there and I played there, and um, I don't really think there's no other place like Berlin. Um, you have the Barcelonas, you know, where there's a lot of uh. There's a lot of uh, people there, but um, a lot of stuff to do there. But I think Berlin was more, I think I got more of a California vibe from Berlin because it was such a big melting pot um, of people. I met a lot of people from actually from the states that lived there. Um, there's just always a lot of people coming into that to that country and city. Um, and then I just love the Christmas feel of those guys, the Christmas lights and Christmas markets and stuff like that. So uh, Berlin was, was good to me, man. You said you, you, you know, uh, as you might expect on a long career, like you've had some some great experiences and some tough ones. What was a bad? What was a bad experience you had? What happened along the way that you had to overcome? Uh, well, one 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 instance I would say would would be in Berlin as well. You know, I, I had a I had a coach that was uh just a little bit too too extreme at times. You know, to the point where. Um, it just, it just for 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 a split second, man. I, I stopped liking basketball for a little while, man. Um, playing for this guy, um, but it was it was also it was also a weird situation because that was my favorite my favorite city um, and favorite country to play in as well because I had great teammates uh, and it was it was a lot of things to do there as well. Um, but as a coach, man, he was just a little too extreme um on the court um but off the court he was like like a great guy but it was just this this switch that the man flipped and it was just like he just made he was out to kind of like make basketball um just too much of a business um for me and so um, that was that was a bad experience um i'll have to say throughout my career ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls, former University of Montana, all-big sky guard Will Cherry joining us, breaking down his basically corner-to-corner journey across the globe in a life of basketball. But, Will, on the flip side, what are some of the great experiences that you had off of the court? Because, I mean, in the places that you live, from Lithuania, Germany, Croatia, Greece, Italy, so much history in that part of the world, so many interesting experiences to be had if you make it happen. What are some of the things you learned and what are some of the great experiences you did have off the court? Oh, man. Um, man, let's see. I know Lithuania, man. We uh my my rookie year we won the entire uh, we won the championship there we won the cup and then we we turned around and won the championship so that was actually my my first ever experience of a, a parade um, and so we actually had one on the road and the place um, that we won was our rivals place and that was a uh, Vilnius and Vilnius was about I think what hour and a half two hours from um, where we where we won it. And so as we're driving back, like everywhere we stopped, as far as like gas or, or to get uh, some snacks or something, there were there were fans along the streets. And then we got back to uh, 
Conus, um, and it, it was just an amazing, amazing uh, experience as far as all the fans gathered out there in the center um, and were celebrating our success. And um, I had never been a part of anything like that, um, and so I was, I was just, uh, I was just in awe, man. And I think that was one of the one of the best things, like off the court, as far as that kind of coupled on coupled into being on the court. I was just like, man, this is this is truly something. Um, that a lot of people don't get to, get to experience. You know, you have all these experiences and go all these places that a lot of people can only dream of getting to go. When you go home to the Bay Area, to Oakland, and you're back with your family and friends like that, are they always interested in, in the things that you've done and the places that you've gone? What's it like to go home after having been abroad and seen all the things that you've seen? Oh, man, it's, 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 it's great. Um, you know, I mean, I use, I use Instagram a lot just to post um, to let, let let a lot of people back home see see the experiences that I'm doing, um, not only just you know to let them see what I'm doing, but also to motivate them um, as well, um, just to let them know that man, you don't have to be a basketball player to come see these things, man. You know, save up your money six months or whatever, and, and, and take a trip and for a week or two and come out here. And then a lot of my guys, I, I try to bring with bring with me. You know what I mean? So, and then you know, coming back home, it's it's just. It's a great feeling because I can always come back and tell these guys this is what I'm doing or this is what I'm doing um, and you guys need to come out here and see this. Um, and so, you know, like my mom, my mom has been to most of the countries I've played in. Um, a best friend of mine had come to two or three places and then another best friend actually came to Croatia. Um, and so just seeing the look on those guys' faces um, and when they come out of the country for the first time and, and they see that um, – you don't have to be in the NBA to be treated like a celebrity because over in Europe they treat you like a celebrity when you play for their team. This um, is a look on those guys' faces. It means everything to me. It's interesting you told the story about the coach that was a little bit uh, over the top demanding and maybe started to rob you of your loss of the joy of the game. You played for Wayne Tinkle at the University of Montana, and, and I've known Coach Tinkle for a really long time. He was one of my neighbors growing up, and his daughter Jocelyn, same age as my brother. Uh, but Coach Tinkle, he used to tell stories similar vein. He said, when you're playing abroad, you're either going to click with the coach or you're not when you're from America. And he said he had multiple experiences, specifically one where he was in Spain where he got into it with the coach and he basically just walked out, walked out of practice, said, I'm done. I might actually have to give this whole thing up. His wife talked him back into to going back out there. But on that note, I mean, Coach Tinkle played overseas for a decade plus and had a ton of experience that's sort of similar to the path you've been walking. How much advice and, and mentorship has he given you as you've kind of navigated this journey? Uh, man, to be honest with you, man, I haven't even really talked to Coach Tinkle, man. After I haven't seen, I've seen Coach Tinkle at a wedding years back, man, maybe 2015, actually. And that, that might have been actually right after the, the experience I was telling you about in Berlin with the coach. Um, so I haven't really, I really talked too much about, uh, about the experience. I know before, you know, I left or, you know, the league and stuff like that, you know, Coach Tinkle, you hear the stories about Coach Tinkle, you know, being over in Europe for years, um, making a lot of money. So, um, you know, that was that was, that was was pretty much my experience, um, really talking to Coach Tinkle. He really hasn't given me too, advice, too much advice. Um, you know, he's busy with, you know, doing his thing at Oregon State, and I'm always I'm always gone. So we haven't been able to touch uh, too much of base, really. Um, but I know for a fact, like, before I left, like you said, he was uh, – he was one of those guys that he knew I, I was going to make a lot of money. He always made sure and said, uh, man, whatever you do, just be smart. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, just be smart and always try to do things the right way. 
because um, when you do things the right way, you know, great things happen for you. Um, and that was always his motto that he always preached, um, not just me, to everybody. Um, I always try to do things the right way and good things to happen for you. Well, there was a major rating spike for Cleveland Cavaliers basketball for a brief period in time when Will Cherry walked on and was uh, was given the nod and came on to the to the to the Cavs team back in 2014. What was that experience like? First of all, how did it come about that you got that call and and uh, and they brought you in and then to show up and you know there's LeBron James. This is like you know a championship type of basketball team that all of a sudden you're you're on in the league. Yeah, oh man, it was it was it was it was crazy, man. Because you you have to go back even before then, when I was with Toronto, and so um, when I got released from Toronto, um, I was I was heartbroken. You know, I was just like that was my first time ever being cut from a team like ever in my life, and so I was just like, dang, like what's what's going to happen next? And so as I'm driving, as the driver is taking me to the to the airport, my agent calls me, and he says, "Hey, you're going to Cleveland." And I was like, there's no way. Like, bro, stop playing with me. He was like, I'm dead. <laughs> he was like, I'm dead serious. Like, you're going to Cleveland. So, like, when you go home, you'll go home for a couple days, and then you're going to leave. I think it was, like, that Wednesday or Thursday. And so I was like, wow. And so he was like, yeah, just keep it under wraps for now because um, it's not official. You know, they're going to release. At the time, it was A.J. Price. They're going to they're release him. Um, but you know I can't get out, so I was like, all right. And so <laughs> I get to Cleveland, then like my first my first practice, um, and this was crazy. My first practice, LeBron walks in. I'm already, I'm a rookie, so I'm there earlier than everybody else. I'm lifting weights and stuff, and he goes word for word verbatim. He goes, "Will motherfucking Cherry." <laughs> and, I, and I, I look, I slap his hand like, what's up? I'm like, what's up, bro? But like, in my head, I'm like, this dude, like, this dude knows who I am. Like, that, that lets me know, like, this dude is like a basketball junkie because I had, I had went off that entire summer. And um, it was no way that nobody could see it. It couldn't be missed. But I didn't think LeBron would, you know, be watching Summer League. I thought he would be on, like, a, you know, a, a China tour or something for Nike or something like that. But when he said that, I was like, this dude knows my name. And I was just like, man. And I was not only LeBron, I was surrounded by a lot of great dudes and Kyrie Irving. Um, I had I had the Matrix, Sean Marion on the team, man, Kevin Love. Uh, I had a uh, – man, I had, a, I had some, some great dudes on that team, man. And so it was – every night I got to witness greatness. One thing, one thing to watch it on TV, but to be front row and to see some of the things that LeBron and Kyrie – made look so easy and Kevin Love on a nightly basis was just something I was just like these dudes are really good at what they do the NBA Summer League is, is so fun to watch every year because it's all these dudes fighting it out trying to figure out how to make a team but we talk about it on our show all the time the hardest league in the world in my opinion to make is the NBA only a few yeah. guys break through and actually get to be on an active roster each year you can be you know, like yourself, three-time All-Conference guy, two-time Big Sky Player of the Year. You can be multiple-time All-American and still have a hard time breaking through into the league. But playing in the summer league, what was that experience like leading up to that experience in Cleveland? And also, why do you think it is so hard? I mean, what is the hardest part about making the NBA? What? Why is it such a hard barrier of entry? Well, the the summer league man was was great. You know, the year before. I had played, a lot of people don't know, I played that my first year out of college that summer league with a broken foot. Um, 
that year, my senior year, when we won it, I was playing the entire year on a broken foot, and I had no idea. I thought it was getting better, but it wasn't. Um, and so, uh, I so that next year when I played with Cleveland, I was just I was so excited because I was finally healthy, and I get to finally show I can do when I'm healthy. And so that was that was an experience in itself. And then I was with the number one pick, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, so a lot of eyes were, were on us, and Andrew Wiggins was a great dude. Uh, so I loved that summer league, man. And so uh, when I got the call to go to Cleveland, man, I was just I was excited because I'd already known everybody in that organization when I played for the G League team. Um, a couple months prior, um, and so and a couple of my a couple of my coaching staff were on that team from my G League team, and then a, a childhood guy Lakers. Now he came down as well as coaching, so I was like in just great hands. It was great hands for me, and I think just to break into the league, man, just it, it's it's always right timing, right, right timing, right situation, right. So for whoever, it's, it's either a guy's attitude is bad, um, he's made a poor decision, right. It'll never be just the skill, and I think that's why it's so hard to break into the NBA. These executives, GMs, they're looking for for good guys, not only just because of the skills and stuff like that, um, and character. Um, so I think that's why it's a little harder to break into the league, and then especially in my position now, man, the, the, the league is dominated by by guards. So right. you have to set yourself apart by going the extra mile um, and putting in that extra work and showing these GMs. Um, that you're you're very serious, not only just on the court but off the court, right? You you have a brand to take care of, and, and if you're not doing things and you're embarrassing a franchise or something like that, man, they're going to get rid of you just like that because it's always going to be the next man up, <laughs> always. Will Cherry joining us on the ESPN Roundtable. And Will, obviously, the guy in the league who you're always going to be you know, tied to is Damian Lillard. You went head-to-head against him multiple times, right. multiple conference championship games that you came out on top of, by the way, which I'm sure is a happy memory for you that we'll visit in a second. But when, when you look at the success that Damian Lillard's had in the league and you know what he was like to play against and, and the success, frankly, that you had against him defensively and that, you go, well, how, how did he, how does it work? out for him and he gets the right time and place and for me you know I, I I put in the work as well I try and do everything the right way and I got I got a little shot but not the shot that he got do you think about that or how do you process through that oh man I mean that's something for sure that always eats at me um in the back of my mind right um just a little bit uh, it used to early on like dang man like what's going on right um, but if I allow myself to think that way, man, in this game, I would be dead. I would right. be dead, man, because comparing myself, it, it'll, it'll only hinder me and my success, right? Um, but this, this dude is not only an opponent, but a friend of mine, right? He's one of my closer friends, you know, since we've grown up in basketball. So I root for this guy no matter where I'm at in the world. And we talk here and there and text and stuff like that. Um, and no doubt in my mind, I'm just like, man, I have all this success to this dude. Right, but I'm just like, man, that was like seven years ago. This dude worth this dude is worth half a billion dollars now, so uh, I think he got the better end of the this dude got the better end of the stick, right? But I know I'm I always be like, Man, if I get my shot like as opposed to I know for a fact like I can have success in that league, man. And even watching this dude in the bubble, I'm just like, Man, I can I, I can actually play for Portland. They need a defensive bonus. Like, you know what I mean? Like put put us on the same team or whatever, so um, but but like man, looking at him and seeing his success, man, I I knew he would be good. 
let anybody tell you that they've seen this type of level of success coming from Damian Lillard, I'll be honest to you, they're lying to you. Because I didn't see I thought he was going to be really good, but I didn't think this guy was going to be Hall of Fame status. Right? Not this early and not this quick. So, um, man, it, it, it's, it's a great feeling to see that. Um, but as a player, as a player, definitely you envy you envy, you envy him being in that position, but then as a friend, you congratulate this man and you wish him nothing but the best on his journey. It's been our joke around here during the bubble that no one can guard Damian Lillard in the world besides Will Cherry because no one's guarded him the last couple months, right? <laughs> but it, it is an interesting deal because I know sometimes when you are you know, sort of committed to playing overseas, you're building your reputation over there, you do kind of sacrifice the bouncing around of the G League like you were doing early in your professional career. So at what point did you make that decision that you were going to kind of just decide to, to stay abroad? I know you had the one stint with the Santa Cruz Warriors back stateside as well, but... How does that dynamic work when you're trying to choose your best opportunity for you? Um, it, it, I don't know. It depends, man. Um, I know for me, um, I think I should have, to be honest with you, I should have went back to the G League after the cast, right? Um, just because I was actually, you know, the hottest thing um, out, out there at that point. And then actually when I had um, signed with the Cavs, I had to, like, do, like, a um, – formality of helping the G League out with a call-up, you know, so they labeled me, technically they labeled me an NBA call-up, but I never saw the G League, and so I said that to say because Mike Gantry was the, the GM at the time, and I was my guy, and he was just like, man, you you have no idea all the phone calls I'm getting about you. Uh, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like in the green room with this guy because they're about to have the, the G League draft, and he's just like, bro, you know, you're the number one prospect right now. Um, in the G League and everybody's calling to try to get you. And I was like, for real? He, and he just laughed, like, you know what I mean? So I went to like, Cleveland when I came back and I was like, nah, my age, I was like, yeah, I'm going overseas, bro. And he's like, you sure? I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I got a taste of, you know what I mean, having money. Like, and I'm talking about money to where you swipe the car, you don't even think twice about the decimal moving. So it's just like, man, I got to go back. To, I got to go over there. And then I came back this summer league and it was just like, uh, I don't want to do the G League because now I'm sacrificing a lot of money overseas um, and that was the gamble but knowing what I know now being that young I should have did at least a year or two and if nothing shook then I would have went overseas um, and so my, my decision to come back in Santa Cruz was because I had created a nest egg um, in my account to where those G League checks weren't do or die for me right when I first went to the G League they were like man I need this to kind of survive and eat but now I had a nest egg after playing a couple of years in uh, in Europe. I was just like, I had a great year in Croatia, and I was like, man, it's just time for me to, you know, try to get back, like get back to the league this way. When I was in Europe, I was always trying to get back to the league. It was just like, let me get in position where these teams are coming to see a European prospect or something like that, and they have to see me, right? But I went back to Santa Cruz and didn't have the best year, um, and then even then I sacrificed hundreds of thousands of dollars just to do that um, and and that was just kind of like my last like okay you know I've done everything on my part if they come get me they see me then they'll come get me but if not until then I'll never sacrifice any more money I'll just continue to go over here and try to win a European championship over there in yearly or something um, and continue to get my money and so that was kind of like my, my thought process with that but it's like you got to get in where you fit in, man. 
if, if your reputation is great out there and you're making a lot of money over there, it's hard to sacrifice that money because you got a family. <laughs> well, well, let's take you back to the University of Montana quickly and just revisit your career again exemplary. A three-time All-Big Sky selection, two-time defensive player uh, of the year in the conference. What do you remember most about your time at the University of Montana and, and, and the experience that you had there and how that set you up for what uh, has been going on since then? Oh, man. My, my experience at Montana were, were, were amazing, man. And I had no idea it would be like that because I was just like, man, I'm coming from the city. <laughs> and I, I didn't even want to take a trip to Montana. And what did you I think like, it was going to be like? What, it, what what was your conception? I literally thought it was going to be cowboys and cowboys, which there were some, right? But I was just like, man, this is going to be in the middle of nowhere. Like, I'm going like, I'm literally, it's going to, I'm going to see horses walking the streets, <laughs> dirt roads. I'm just like, come on, man, I can't, I can't, and like, they they convinced me, like, my, my high school coach convinced me. It was just like, bro, like, if, take this visit. Like, it's only a visit. Like, these guys just want to bring you up there for a weekend and spend money on you. And I was just like, all right, man. And, like, I fell in love with the city as soon as I got in there. And that goes to, to Coach Tinkle for bringing me in. Like, I think it was, like, the first weekend of Grand football. So that man was smart. He was very smart when he brought me up there. And I was just like, this is amazing. And then from there on, from there on out, once I got up there, I was just like, man, this is complete opposite of Oakland, California, and that's exactly what I needed. Um, because coming from Oakland at that time, man, we were leading the country, man, in homicide, right? And, and there's certain certain times of the night I couldn't walk, I couldn't walk around outside, or you couldn't go certain places here and there. When I got to Missoula, Montana, man, I could walk around at three, four in the morning if I wanted to, and I never had to watch my back. Right, I never had to, to worry about gunshots or anything like that. So when I was in Montana, I was I was in heaven, man, in heaven. And, and then I had a great coaching staff and I had great teammates along with that. And if anybody's been to a Grizz football game, man, as a fan, you know that's that's one of the most unbelievable atmospheres, in, in, I think, in all in all the country. As far as even even though it's a Division One AA, man, those guys on that team, man, always put on the show. I was. I can remember being a freshman and watching Mark Mariani be so electric. I was like, bro, this dude. Every time he touches the ball, I'm out of my seat. So, and that's before I even touched a couple with these championships that we won. Um, I had a hell of a time there. Is, is that what stands out in your mind the most then, as far as your memories of the University of Montana, the championships you won, and the battles, and, and getting to the NCAA tournament three out of four years? Those championships and then also those championships and those experiences off the court with my teammates and, and friends that I built with, like those championships, man. They, I don't, I don't know if those championships can, the way we did it, I don't know if they can be duplicated like that, man. We went, when we go 30, 38 two conference in two years, something like that, like. I don't know if it can be done like that back to back, like the way we did it, man. Is, that was that was amazing. But then also, like I said, you got the friends um, that I still talk to to this day from that team that made it very that much more special. 
Will Cherry joining us on the ESPN Roundtable. And we will finish up with you here and now, and we mean that literally. What are you up to now? You're back in the Oakland area for the time being, but what does your path look like in, in, in the immediate future? Man, so now I'm out at home working out, you know, with, with this pandemic, man, there's a lot of uh, unknown uncertainty going on in, in the basketball world and basketball markets. Uh, so I'm just working out, staying ready for my next opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm right now, I'm, we're trying to uh, get myself to China. You know, I want to go to China and, and have some fun and play there. Um, it's great money there as well, but it's not. Um, I want to go back to Europe and, and on a EuroLeague team and play at the highest uh, level of basketball there um, for whatever team and, and try to try to give me a championship out there, man. Um, I'm known for doing winning championships, so I want to keep that going well, no matter what stage I'm on. But as of now, I'm just working out, staying ready, um, and I think probably in this next month or two, um, there'll be there'll be some jobs on the line. Uh, for me, I'll just have to pick the right one. That's that's a uh, that's the best one for me. Well, Will, I'll tell you what. We, we loved watching you play while you were at the University of Montana and tracking your career since then, and it is a blast to catch up with you. We really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. No, thank you guys for having me, man. Like I said, it's been a, a long a long time overdue for me to uh, give some insight into what I've been doing back here. I know a lot of people in Montana have probably been wondering, um, but I try to post. Uh, you know, on Twitter or Instagram and kind of let people know back there. Um, but talking to you guys is, is definitely going to do a, a lot better than me doing any posts. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Go follow Will Cherry, boys and girls. Figure out what the man's up to. See where he's going next uh, uh, on, on the Twitter and Instagram. Will, thank you. Thank you, guys. How's it going? You bet. Will Cherry. How about that, man? How how much fun is is that guy to talk to? And what an amazing path, man. What an amazing life experience, both to be a professional basketball player, a champion, and uh, and and travel the world, and now trying to go to China to play basketball. You know, fantastic stuff. So certainly appreciate him, his time joining us on the ESPN Roundtable. Roundtable is presented by Paradise Falls, Coulter, over on the south end of town near the corner of Brooks and Reserve Street. Great option over there on the south end. I've been singing the praises of that patio for uh, this entire summer. Still a great time to get out there and sit outside, have it covered, keep the sun off you, but still get the nice fresh air outside. And uh, they're open morning, noon, and night. Open 7 a.m. until midnight. One of the only places in all of Western Montana where you can get breakfast, lunch, dinner, multiple happy hours, uh, early happy hour from 3 to 6, uh, Tuesday through Saturday, as well as a late happy hour from 9 to 11, Sunday through Thursday. Go hit up one of those happy hours. Great deals, half-price appetizers, half-price cocktails, as well as $3 beers. You can check out all the variety of sports going on on their 30 big-screen TVs. They also have 18 draft beers. And uh, a whole lot more. Great service, a great place to sports gamble, a great place to hang out, a great place to take your family. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. It is time for a Wing It Wednesday. So give us a call, 361-3688, 361-3688. Coulter's got some questions for you. You got some answers. And even if you don't, I got some answers. We're going to help you out, get you some wings over the Desperado Sports Tavern, 361-3688. 3613688 call now
You want to do a little Wing It Wednesday? Give us a call. 361-3688. 361-3688. Got some trivia questions for you. Send you over to the Desperado Sports Tavern, the best wings in the city of Missoula. That is according to you, the voting public, boys and girls. And uh, I think Coulter and I can confirm that independently. Indeed. 361-3688. 361-3688 to do a Wing It Wednesday uh, with us right now. Uh, Want to remind everybody, okay, uh, first of all, a couple things. We are very, very excited once again to release Grizz Grace, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Championships today. Uh, National Champion, excuse me, today. Uh, Mick Holine is our first uh, guest, uh, the first episode that we're rolling out there. It'll be up this evening, so you can go check it out on Spotify. You can go to grizzgreats.com. You can go to 1029ESPN.com and uh, and check out that podcast there, and it will continue to roll out on other platforms here, uh, Google uh, and uh, Apple Podcasts as well here in coming days. So you can go find that, listen to it, rate, review, subscribe, all that. We appreciate that. Also, been a jam-packed show, ton of things going on. Carolyn was here. Mick Holine was here. Will Cherry just done uh, because Coulter and I are out tomorrow and Friday. Yes, it's okay, but everybody's got to do a fantasy draft sometime, okay? And it can't just simply be done on the weekends. It's got to be a full four day or you know get out of Dodge and uh, and do the thing. So uh, we will uh, not be here tomorrow or uh, Friday. We'll be back with you again on Monday, and we will reconvene all things sports and other in uh, western Montana and across the state. So be with us then. We go out to the phones, and we welcome in Pat to the show. Hello, Pat. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Well, we're doing well. Thank you very much, Pat. Where are you at, Pat? What are you up to here this evening on a Wednesday in a mid midweek type of deal? Well, I'm sitting out on my porch, uh, out on Big Flat, having a cigar and listening to the guys. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I think it's time for you and I to trade roles. What do you think? <laughs> I think you come in here, you do a little bit of this, and I will go ahead and uh, and have myself a stogue and listen to the radio on the porch. I mean, that sounds just about right right there, Pat. I'm telling you what. Yeah, and there's a winter round grill out here too, right? Oh, boy. Okay, now things, the ante's just been upped a little bit with that, too. My goodness gracious. Well, Pat, here's the deal, my man. You know it. We got three questions for you. Coulter's going to ask them. You got to answer them. If you get two right, you're headed to the Desperado at your leisure. You don't have to leave your porch just yet. You get over there to the Desperado Sports Tavern, have the best wings in the city of Missoula. If you get all three, we'll send you a shirt as well. And if you need help on any of these, I'm the lifeline for you, all right? Sounds great. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me want wingy. All right, Pat, question number one. Coulter, what are we doing today? All right, question number one, Pat. These are all about NBA Defensive Player of the Year. The award oh. has been in, it, in, in its, uh, it was instituted in 1982, the 82-83 season. So it's been around for about 38, a little short of 40 years. So number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks was named the NBA Defensive Player of the Year yesterday. He hails from Greece. He is one of six players in NBA history who are not from the United States. Six international players have won NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Can you name one former Defensive Player of the Year who is not from the United States of America? Well, you got me on a weak spot in the NBA, especially new NBA, but uh, wasn't there a guy from San Antonio? Uh, You got me there. I, I, I don't know. Let's see if Ryan can help you out. I'll give you one clue here. Uh, there was, there's been um, 
Defensive Players of the Year from Nigeria, Zaire, the Republic of the Congo, Spain, two different individuals from France, and then obviously Antetokounmpo from Greece. You know, uh, I the first name Let's that came... Let's take a shot at... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. How about how about Matambo? Hey, Dikembe that's Mutombo. a good one. Yep. That's Dikembe a great one. Matambo is from Zaire. Dikembe Matumbo is is the a correct answer. Was uh was Hakeem a defensive player of the year? That's Hakeem Olajuwon is also okay. defensive that's, player of that's, the year. He's from Nigeria. Who I got? That's a great question. That's a good. That's a that's a good one. Excellent work there. Uh, Pat on uh, on Dikembe. get the fin- get the finger wag going. Now. So one for one, and you didn't have to use your lifeline. So you still have a lifeline. Just need one more for some wings. Okay. In the 38 year history of the war- the award, there's been 10 players that have won the award multiple times. Can you name one of those 10 players? And repeat answers are okay. By the way, James Harden not on the list. Okay, <laughs> just Harden's for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess if uh, repeat answers are good, I'll take Matombo. There you go, Dikembe Matombo, the uh, four-time award winner. Was it four times? Yes. I mean, that's not—I guess not surprising, but yeah. Dikembe Matombo won the award in '94 and '95, as well as '96. He, he won—he won it uh, three times in four years, and then came back around and won it again in 2000 with the Philadelphia 76 or something. How about Mike? Four times. Michael Jordan? Yes. Michael Jordan has never won NBA Defensive Player of the Year. It's a, it's a crime. Wow. A def, it's a Actually, that's f- not true. Awarded, Michael Jordan won the, ins- the de- Defensive Player of the Year in 1988. Mm. One-time award winner. That's a fraud. That's okay. a fraud. Okay. So, you did. You got the wings. So, this is just for the shirt, Pat. Because you did pick Matembo, you made the, the last question a little bit harder for yourself. The final question is, oh. there's two players that have won four Defensive MVP awards. Matumbo is one. You got that one. So I was going to ask you to name one of the two, and Matumbo would have slipped it on the board, but we've used him for two different answers. Who's the other? <laughs> who's the other player? This this Detroit Pistons center won the NBA Defensive Player of the Year award in 2002, 2003, 2005, and 2006. You have not used uh, a lifeline yet, uh, Pat. I haven't, and I'm going to have to go to Ryan, I guess, for this one. My man, Benjamin Wallace. That's right. Ben Wallace, four-time winner, along with Takebe Matembo. Dwight Howard has won three. Sidney Moncrief of the Milwaukee Bucks. Mark Eaton of the Utah Jazz. Dennis mm. Rodman, Hakeem Olajuwon, Alonzo Mourning, and then most recently, Kawhi Leonard and Rudy, Rudy Gobert of the other multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year awards. Good job, Pat. Pat. You keep working on Thanks, that guys. cigar over there. You give your information to Reese, and you go check your mailbox because you got wings and a shirt coming to you. All right, my man? Sounds good, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Very well done. Other foreign players. You named Matembo. You named Elijah That's six Defensive Player of the Year awards right there, just from yeah. the respective African countries. But other international players to win. Marc Gasol from Spain. Joachim Noah from France. Hmm. Rudy Gobert from France back-to-back years. This award has actually largely, this is ironic, because I think that the European game is largely pinned as a wide-open, non-defensive game. But since 2012, Kawhi Leonard twice, Draymond Green once, the only non-international players to win the award. You had Gasol, Noah, back-to-back for Gobert, and now Antetokounmpo as your defensive player of the year in the NBA. Um, The United States better start taking notes about how to play basketball from a very early age because... 
the 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 athleticism and the scoring that has been emphasized from AAU on up is being overrun by skill and spacing and passing and all all of that uh, in a game that looks very different and very nice. Uh, and I'm telling you, man, like I mean, we, the 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 global integration into NBA basketball has been is awesome. I think it makes it such an incredibly interesting product. And I'm telling you. The more European style players that are coming to play in the NBA, I mean, there's there's some NBA players or NBA athletes that aren't able to play that style or that skill of basketball coming up, it seems to me. So, you know, see how it goes. Quick break, come in. We'll wrap up the week. That's right, I said it. Wrap up the week next. ESPN Radio for Missoula. Hey friends, Brian Tutel here, Colton Nuanas there, it's Tutel and Nuanas on your radios, on your televisions, how D, good to be with you on a Wednesday afternoon, if you missed anything in the show, listen on the podcast, the Tutel Nuanas podcast available wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and check into that thing anytime you would like, the podcast is available, thanks to our friends at Blackfoot Communications, uh, Coulter, as we wind down the week, and again, we are out tomorrow and Friday. We'll be back on Monday. I uh, just want to reiterate Chris Grace, silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, going to be out later on this evening. You can listen on Spotify. You can listen through the grizzgreats.com website, uh, 1029ESPN.com as well, uh, and you can go check out uh, the the, uh, the podcast uh, there, also on Transistor. So it's available uh, this evening, it will be up here in the next uh, hour or so to uh, listen to Micheline, and we'll be rolling these out over the course of the next four months. Pumped up about this thing, and uh, we're excited to bring it to you. Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Can't wait. Uh, it's been a tremendously fun thing to um, record already, and I, I hope that everybody else has a great time consuming it as well because we need all the positivity we can get right now in the world, and we hope this is an uplifting fun and freeing experience for everybody that consumes this content absolutely great stories great memories and uh and football of some sort for people in the fall of uh, 2020 friends have a wonderful wonderful weekend okay last end of the week here stay up we'll be back it's finally starting to feel like winter around here and if you need some nice winter gear how about the fine folks at sitka they make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.